This Ooh. week, we're talking about a pageant that's not about a state, a region, or a country, or even uh, the planet. We're talking about the whole universe. That's right, bitches. This week on Pageant Pod, we're discussing Miss Black Universe pageant. That's right, and we've got some fantastic interviews with four former title holders. Tamisha Iman. Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington. Akiria Chanel Davenport. Giselle Barbie Royale. Plus, we'll be watching some iconic YouTube videos of Miss Black Universe talents, gowns, moments, and this is D-R-A-G drag. Yes, caps lock that drag. Big letters. So settle in for another episode of... Forever Dog Coming to you from a sun deck at an undisclosed location, she's working on her tan, notepad summering, and she definitely has her gay hands up. It's Miss Summertime Buck! Alaska and representing designer clothing, shoes, fanny packs, and a competition very much based on buying shoes. The starlet of the stage and the screen club, another club, plane, another club. It's Miss Booked and Blessed 2021. It's Willem. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening, panel of distinguished listeners. With both ears. And welcome back to Pageant Pod, which we lovingly call Pageant Pod. Just a little Pageant Pod. Oh, thank you. I'd like to thank the extinguished panel of judges. I was told there was no smoking, but that hairspray wasn't meant for you. Well, this show is going to be diving deep into the history of Miss Black Universe, the pageant for pageant girls. That's right. In this eight-episode limited series podcast experience. We're exploring the fabulous and dramatic history of drag pageants and how these queer institutions help shape drag culture and the world as we know it. Yeah, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. It's all about Miss MBU, Miss Black Universe. It might be you. (laughs) Actually, neither of us can win this, I don't think, in any distinction. Miss Black America pageant started in 1991, and then Miss Black Universe started in 1992, officially. And at one point, Randy was contemplating changing the name so that non-minorities could enter, but Tamisha Iman advised him against it. Miss Iman stated that there was no other national pageant except Mr. and Miss Black America for Black gay entertainers. Work. Yes. Holler at her. You know you know her. Mm -hmm. Um, Contestants must be male or transsexual and at least 18 years of age and able to show proof of date of the birth. And these are, yes, these are the, this is uh, ripped straight from the rule books. Uh, Okay, so it's pretty straightforward. Presentation, sportswear, that's the Mm. new one. Formal wear slash evening gown. Talent, uh, no more than five minutes. Good, I only got four worth. (laughs) (laughs) Question and answer for the top five. So that's pretty straightforward structure, but I love the addition of sportswear. That's sickening. Sportswear is so much fun. Like, that's when you really get to show personality. Yeah. The judging for the preliminaries will be, it's an accumulated point system, so some of the other pageants do that too. Uh, and then final night, you get scored for your top 10 finalists, and any and all placement ties will be broken by the highest talent category score. They said, so if you're as pretty as her, but your talent's better, boom, you won. Right. It's all about the, yes, it comes down to the talent score if there's a tie. But but, but wait, there's more. In the event of the talent score is the same, presentation category will decide the winner. And this rule is the same for placement ties at any preliminary to the MBU. Okay. They got rules on rules. Oh, and I like this one. The use of makeup artists, stylists, and assistants will only be allowed for final night. So for prelims, you're on your own. So this, I... I kind of live for that. It's probably because of space, first of all, because there's so many people. But also it's like, girl, they always say, are you a queen who has to, you know, have someone do your makeup and make and do, zip you into your clothes and do your hair? and Or just, can you put yourself together? I just listened to Bianca on the podcast and she went in all the new, all the new pretty Instagram girls. 
the her podcast uh, with Fortune Feimster. It was funny. She's like, back in my day, season six, this is eight years ago. The queens could so do things. <laughs> so I love that on this, they got to like do things and they got to be able to do it yourself. You can't just bring your pretty drag daughter. You couldn't bring Harlow in, you know. <laughs> it is a matter of life and death. death. No, I'll wait. <laughs> So talent, no more than five minutes. Solo talents are not encouraged for the national competition for prelim night or for final night. So there should at least be one other person with you as part of your talent. And if a contestant performs a solo talent, the maximum score that can be received from any judge will be seven points. So you, wow. it does behoove you to have some dancers or a, a co-dancer or what have you. They said, we want we want butts on the stage. Yeah, girl. Um, uh, no live animals or reptiles. Well, <laughs> fuck my drag. Um, <laughs> uh, unless and- approved by the board prior to competition. Oh, okay. Okay, work. So, okay, good to know. Yeah, I mean, we can, that, that's sensible, I think. We can bring, what was her name? Froyo, our horse? Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool yeah. Whip. Cool Whip. Um, <laughs> the, the official MBU pageant does not discriminate against entertainers with silicone and or hormones. And the use of so- silicone and hormones will not be considered by any judge in the scoring of contestants. Okay, work. But the, Love but that. they are mad if you try to do a solo talent. You better bring back up, honey. Lift lift <laughs> you up and show you off. Yes, ma. They, they want to be able to see it from the back. And finally, this is a good rule. Be on time. Be on time. Absolutely. Pad rules preparing you for life. You're, uh, you're responsible for your conduct and the conduct of your dancers, your stylists, your assistants. I love that. No drugs. Mm-hmm. No bullying. Nope. I'm out. The winner of MBU will be... <laughs> drugs requi- and bullying have are paying the mortgages on several homes around the world. <laughs> the winners of Miss Black Universe will be required to sign a contract before any prize money is paid. Failure to sign the contract will mean forfeiture of the title. Okay. That's fair. All judges' decisions are final. MBU pageant reserves the right to make any decision concerning any matter not covered by these rules or regulations. MBU pageantry systems reserves the right to revoke the title of any winner deemed unfit during their reign after a hearing conducted by national board members. All right. Honey, they'll take it to the board. Girl, I'm on the board of directors of this pageant. We've got some amazing interviews with some iconic, legendary divas. We had the immense pleasure of speaking with some former Miss Black Universe winners, and we are so excited to share those experiences with you on the Page Podge. The name comes up every time we talk about iconic pageantry queens. She has so many titles, crowns, and scepters. A professional, hard worker, a legend, and call her Gabby. All her friends do. It's Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington. Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington won Miss Black Universe in 2005. I lost count of actual pageantries that I won a long time ago, but I've won um, as far as national, all of the major national pageants that there are out there to win, with an exception, of course, of All American Goddess. But everything else I'm a, a part of. <laughs> I love that. That's an easy answer. You're like, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Which ones haven't I won? (laughs) Uh, A a selection that that we know of include Miss Sweetheart International Plus 1995, Miss Duval 1999, Miss Gay U.S. of A 2002, Miss Tampa Bay International 2005, Miss Black Universe 2005, Miss Continental 2012, and National Entertainer 2006. Coming to you from Florida, a state known for iconic dolls, she has snatched many titles, both nationally and internationally, a true beauty, a true icon. You have seen her talents on YouTube, bouncing about. She is lovely. She is talented. She's really inspiring and amazing. She is Giselle Barbie Royale. Yes. Giselle Barbie Royale won Miss Black Universe in 2013, and I think she won Continental in 2016, but she is always of the moment and the moment. T. 
I'll try to name as many as I can. So started with my very first pageant. The very first pageant that I won was Miss Tri-County Newcomer. And then after that, I won Miss Duval Newcomer. And then I won Miss, Miss Look International Newcomer. Uh, after winning that, I won Miss Black America Newcomer. Um, and then that was when I decided to step up with the big girls and I competed for uh, Miss Longstar Black Universe, which was a preliminary to uh, Miss Black Universe. I then went on to win. Uh, oh, my gosh. Now it's getting kind of tricky. Uh, <laughs> I went on to win Miss Extravaganza. Um, I won Miss Jacksonville. I won Miss... Uh, all-star continental <laughs> I won miss then I, those are the preliminaries i won then i won miss duval after five attempts um i won miss black universe i won miss continental i won miss westland i won miss florida and then the last pageant that i won was um miss international queen in thailand so i didn't Whoa. name all the pageants that i've won but that yeah, I tried. <laughs> That's a good working <laughs> list. So it sounds, I mean, from the sounds of it, from all the newcomer titles, it sounds like you started in the pageant world really early. Yes. Um, what was, what was it about, you know, the world of pageants that made you like want to get into it? Well, I can remember as young as being, um, you know, in middle school, wanting to participate in the pageants um in school but of mm. course you know I couldn't do the miss little miss pageant you know and because I was not uh I hadn't transitioned at that time uh so it was just things that I wanted to do so when I first stepped into a gay bar I was 16 and that was when I saw my first drag show and I was even I was immediately connected to it. It was just, there was no question about it. I saw it and it knew it, that was what I wanted to do with my life. And so when I, uh, I had a neighbor, I had a neighbor that um, they were a gay couple and they would allow me to come over to their house. I would even skip school and they would allow <laughs> me to come over to their, they would allow me to come over to their house and they had a, a library of VHS pageant tapes and I would sit and I would be watch pageants and so that was where my obsession came and that and yeah that's what it's obsession with pageantry came with drag pageantry it's really all about the pageant tapes isn't it like oh there's God. nothing like a good nothing old like VHS tape yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Holler at her, you know you know her. Holler at her, we know we love her. The living legend, a true icon, merchandiser extraordinaris, most recently from season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race. But with decades of pageant experience before that, it's the mother of the house of Iman, Tamisha Iman. Iman! Honey, she's coming through. Tamisha Iman won Miss Black Universe in 2000. So um, I had kids at the age of 15. I had a set of twins at the age of 15. Um, so that kind of, because I was a dancer. So my whole goal was to get to Hollywood. That was my ultimate thing. So after I had kids, I was I had to drop out of high school. I went back, but I had to drop out of high school at the time because I'm a father now. And then I found out a couple of years later, oh, I might be gay. <laughs> so it's like, okay, how is this going to go? So it was a real confusing time between 15 and 20. Once I, I met this guy, we started dating when I was 19. He was heavily into the gay community and the pageantries and all, all of that. And he pretty much introduced me to it. So he introduced me to it. I started as a male entertainer for a whole year. I was a male entertainer. I did this pageant one time, like um, two months after I had started performing. Won the pageant, didn't know really what it meant, but it made money. Um, went on a booking thinking, oh, I'm Mr. So-and-so newcomer, so I'm going to make a lot of money. Drag queen comes in, don't know her word, busted wig, makeup horrible, $300. Me, perfect outfit, got naked, tied, me, oxygen, $25. I'm in the wrong profession. <laughs> so at that very moment, I knew, like, this is something to really, you know, investigate to see things about. So my drag mother was getting ready for a contest called Continental. 
And we were doing anything to do fundraisers to try to raise money. She entered me into this turnabout pageant where you have to come out as a guy, but Turn you come about. out as a girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, crazy, won the pageant. And that was the start mm. of Tamisha. I mean, even when like down, what's your name? I just took my daughter's name because my oldest daughter's name is Tamisha. And I was like, okay, we're going to do Tamisha. You know, and, and that was it. So having to perform two weeks after I won, I never liked the drag girls in our community. They were nasty, bitter, just like you asked them for help. They were not available. We ain't have to be with nothing. Honey. You want to figure this out. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to figure it out at home. I'm not going to ask you. So learn how to paint. My first performance took the stage and the rest is history. Most of us met her on season 11 of Drag Race and currently the world is watching her again on All Stars 6. Name something she can't do. She mm-hmm. is the Miss Ass Almighty, Miss Acuria Chanel Davenport. Acuria Chanel Davenport won Miss Black Universe in 2017. So we like to start off by just asking you to just list all of the titles that you've won, if you can remember them all. Okay, first of all, girl, how long is this show? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know some highlights. Highlights. <laughs> okay, well, let me go through the list. Um, let's start off when I was a young whippersnapper. I won uh-huh. Miss Black. Um, and, and listen, when I say Miss Black, y'all, don't think it's a, a race thing. You know, some pageants were have their title of Black in front of them because a lot of the systems when they first started didn't highlight the Black girls. So there's going to be mm. a lot of systems that I'm going to name that's going to say Miss Black so-and-so. But anyway, I am a former Work. Miss Vogue International. I'm a former Miss International Inc. I'm a former Miss Black America. I'm a for- no, I'm a former Miss Black America newcomer. I'm also a former America Miss Black America Junior Miss. I am a former Miss Black Universe. I am a former, damn, the list goes on. Um, pretty much everything on the national newcomer level, I've won this for a Miss Westland newcomer, um, Miss Diamonds of the South newcomer, Miss uh, Unity of America. Unity of America. See, bitch, you know better than I do. Listen, between the weed and the poppers, my mind is going bad. So let's hear from our winners about their preparation for Miss Black Universe. The thing with Black Universe is it's one of those systems, it's always been known as one of those systems where it's the top tier system to win. So especially for the Black community. So if you were a former Miss Black Universe or the current reigning Miss Black Universe, you were like the creme de la creme. So for me coming in fresh off the newcomer circuit, I was pretty much a baby queen in their eyes. So I was pretty much just going to be intermission, probably pretty to look at. Those were the things that they was thinking was coming their way. But bitch, I had a plan. I had a plan (laughs) for them. Not only did you have a plan, but you executed it like very well within an inch of its life. Like that was that was sickening. Yeah, Um, I won every category except for question and answer. And that's all because drinking before question and answer might not work in your favor. (sighs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um I competed for Miss Black Universe twice. The first time I was about 20 years old and I um I made the top 5. I was second runner up and I won talent that Work. year and then I I I set out for 5 years and I came back and I won. Um, and, and my preparation for that was Miss Duval. Miss Duval, okay. um, Duval is the my hometown. Duval County is my hometown. So that pageant being that it it was, you know, from my hometown, it meant so much to me. And yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to win that pageant so badly. And so I had won the newcomer pageant and then I immediately went to the Miss. And I, I competed the first year and I was and I was actually first runner up to Raquel Lord, which I mm. thought I, I I still thought I won. I still do to this day I still think I won. Um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um 
Yeah, but but that was how I prepared. Each year that I lost, I had to I went back and I fixed something. Each mm-hmm. year I lost. So so the fifth attempt um was the year that I won. And that was when I felt like, okay, now that I've won this, and I won every category when I won. Mm. And so yeah, so that when I won this Duval, I said, okay, now you're ready to go and compete for Miss Black Universe. Because if you can win Miss Black Universe, and you can win, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, if you can win Miss Duval, you can win Miss Black Universe. So I went to Black Universe the same year that I was reigning as Miss Duval. And I went and I won all the categories as well for Miss Black Universe. <laughs> I sure did. Yeah. They said I didn't win sports, but they gave me the plaque. So I don't know. I have all of the plaques. <laughs> Prepping for Black Universe was was very, very hard um, because it's a difference when you're preparing for a Black pageant than any national pageant. Your Black Mm. community perceives you so much different than the overall community. Black pageantry is one of the hardest pageantry systems out there because they do like you start with a, a perfect 10. But as oh, yeah. as you come out, the points deduct. If they, yeah, right? they deduct. If they feel like your your sleeve is too short, that's a deduction. If your hair is not in place, it could be your hair is out of, out of place. If your makeup is not good, if it's not you know bouncing off the light. So by the time you leave the stage, you may be having three points. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it is. It's a very difficult thing to please so many people. So once you have done that in the black community, and they reward you with a pageant or whatever. You pretty much have arrived. You've been accepted by all. You know, it's not like other systems. Like to win you a survey, you have to impress so many different people. And they may or may not like you to win a black pageant. Once you have done what needed to be done and they have saw you in a different light and they accept you, you you have a forever career with these new followers. There's a distinction that a few pageant systems are specifically for Black queens. And we talked about the importance of this space in pageantry and the differences between Black pageants and other pageants. So let's hear from these queens all about this. As far as Miss Black Universe, that system was actually united to, you know, give our community something, a place that that we can call home and where we could invest our creativity and show and broadcast our talents. You know, all systems were created on different spectrums. And that was the engine for our, uh, our African-American community to come together and ex- show our um, exposure as well as our talents. Why that has a special place in my heart is funny because for the longest time, it was my best friend's dream, Marissa. It was her dream to be Miss Black Universe. And I would always be assisting her and that as she was assisting me in Continental. And then at one point, the roles reversed because being there with her, I realized that it was something that I too wanted to be a part of because it stood for Black excellence. And, mm-hmm. and you know, in that being said, I won after her because I helped her win and she assisted me winning. So it was never something that I didn't want to be a part. I was always a part of it, even even when I was in the background of it. But it was kind of like we assisted each other, you know, going into it. She won two years before me. I won two years after her. I love that you were on loaf duty for your sister. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Turn the loaf around, wear it next year. (laughs) There was a particular time where where black entertainers um, weren't appreciated or 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 true or or judged fairly in a, mm. in a competition, mm-hmm. and s- sometimes um, there are things about us culturally that, uh, as far as our fashion, as far as the music we, we may choose for talents, or that other people may not understand and at that time a lot of a lot of um white people were in power as far as the judges panel Mm, mm -hmm. and the owners of these different pageants and things like that and so you may have had an entertainer back in the 80s that may have came out and did salt and pepper for talent 
And you may have a panel of white judges that's kind of like, you know, that may not be able to relate or appreciate it or see it as a talent. Right. But if you but if you have a system that um, that has uh, that predominantly, um, you know, black and brown people on the panel that are culturally competent, they'll be able to appreciate and understand someone coming and doing a salt and pepper talent. So exactly. that was the that was the reason why pageants like Black Universe was created. It was created to give Black and Brown entertainers a space to be able to express themselves the way that they were raised, the way that we are were raised, and and the the fashions that we were raised up on, and that we appreciate the hairstyles that that we that you know that we wear can be appreciated in us in you know we can all be in a space and be appreciated so it wasn't it wasn't for, for me in my opinion i don't think it was about trying to segregate you know right. white and black or it was just just trying to give us a space where we can excel and be great and be appreciated and so i definitely wanted to be a part of black excellence because that's what black universe is it is a pageant that has so many formers that are excellent in this community and in this art form you know like naisha dupree nicola dupree stasha sanchez raquel Mm. lord monty st james christopher iman Yasmin Campbell Starr, like Antoinette Chanel Roberts, Kyla Santi. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. There are so many of us, uh, you know, Silky Monroe, that that are just talented individuals that just happen to be black. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Two of these divas are Rue girls. And what does the pageant system think of drag race girls specifically competing? I feel like pageant girls when it comes to RuPaul's Drag Race don't get the proper respect. I feel like Mm. they put us in a box um, of just being pretty. Pretty girls who can wear dresses. Um, But they don't really think about the fact that most of the pageant girls if you, like I say, if you put us on the road, if you put us in a room full of just straight fabric and tell us to get ready for a runway we could do that versus most Ru girls, if you put them in a room with just fabric You'll have a choker party. <laughs> a bitch, that's it. Or a naked bitch on stage with a corset on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And- so, of course, you get that underlining shade, but you also get it from the pageant girls, too, because a lot of the pageant girls don't respect RuPaul's Drag Race because they feel like a lot of that drag is camp drag or watered down. Or, mm. you know, it's just, you just kind of, it's, it's one of those things where, a bitch, everybody has something to say at this point. Honestly, I feel like pageants, naturally do groom you to be self-sufficient. They groom you to be independent. Not saying drag race doesn't, but you get a lot of girls who get on drag race who can't travel by themselves because they can't put a look together by themselves or they can't Mm. complete, they can't go on the show without somebody doing their makeup, having to check their hair or, you know, most of them are honestly baby queens and it's no tea, no shade, but a pageant, you have to learn these essentials because bitch, nine times out of ten, you may be on a gig by yourself and your gig may only be paying you 250. So if you're only getting paid 250, you have to actually now think about if I pay a dresser or if I pay somebody to do my hair, bitch, I'm not getting a loaf at the end of the night because I'm now paying somebody else that loaf. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Here is a curious Chanel Davenport. You can take from it so many different levels of, you know, to what you feel that RuPaul Drag Race has actually did for the community or the pageantry system as a whole. But me in the arena where I currently am working, and that's with the heterosexual community at Hamburger Mary's, which is a brunch show, I honestly feel like that exposure has given us the recognition and the normalization that we were looking for for so very long. And I don't think that there's anything negative about it only because it's now, you know, it's mainstream and it's being, it's, it's allowing us to be accepted, not as, you know, how our heterosexual, you know, counterparts used to look at us as, uh, oh, the gays are freaks or they're this or they're Mm -hmm. that. They actually see that we have a community that we've created only for us to be able 
to express ourselves. And now we're getting the opportunity for you all to see how we're expressing ourselves. So I per- personally, for me, and I'm only speaking for me, not the community, not the trans community, not the drag community. I'm speaking for myself as an individual as stating, I think that is a good representation of us as a community. I personally do. With great power comes great responsibility. And by responsibility, we mean the requirements for these queens' reigning year. So how seriously are these queens taking their reigning year responsibilities? We want to know. Let's find out. Okay, so my year's Black Universe is kind of short, only because right after I won Black Universe, I did one preliminary, um, and then I had to get ready for Drag Race. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I did the application during the process, right after, I think, um, I won Black Universe in October. Our deadline for Drag Race was in March. So, and we left in May. So most of my reign ended up being dedicated to preparing for Drag Race, although they don't give you that long. But um, when I got home afterwards, it was pretty much time to get ready for my give up. So I never really officially got to reign fully. Um, mm-hmm. Would I do it again? Yeah, probably so. Now that I have a little coin in my pocket. As far as me winning a pageant again, I'm pretty much good on pageantry at this point. Um, I feel like I did everything I wanted to do in my career um, as far as pageantry. And, and honestly, girl, it has stopped being fun. Now, a little secret. When I first started doing pageants, it was fun because at that point in time, I, would, I wasn't spending any money. I was stealing. So I would go in the store and I was like a size zero to three. So I could go and get a dress off the off the sales room floor and like go win a pageant and completely just have profit. See what I'm saying? Versus we love a booster nice. bitch. Hey, hello. I could win a whole pageant <laughs> off a stolen package. <laughs> so <laughs> you could actually make money because you could resell the dress after to somebody else. At that point in time, it was fun because, like I said, I wasn't really spending any money. Then when I actually started actually investing money, I started the money I was investing into it. And I was also looking at what I get back. And you would you don't even get a third of what you actually invest to a pageant. Like, just say you spend $10,000 to win in hopes that you win to maybe get $1,000 that night, which you have now spent on dancers and travel. You now have to get back home mm. and also prepare for, like, promos, which is $500 that need to be released within a month. So it started to be more of, a, like, an underpaying job. The year that I won the Swag Universe, okay, actually, I was coming off of um, competing for Continental that same year, and I didn't win, and I was a little disheartened, but at the same time, Marissa, when we got home, Marissa was like, well, girl, you got a complete package. You should just go ahead and go to Universe. I'm like, you know, I'm not really feeling, you know, doing a pageant right now. It's not on my mindset. I mean... Right now, I just want to go home and relax. And so, you know, my sister, Sasha, she called me. Nicole called me. All, all of the former started calling me, congratulating me, of course, and then was telling me that, you know, I need to be a part of that. And I was like, well, I want to be a part, but I don't think mentally right now I'm prepared. And they was like, well, what's going to get you mentally prepared? And I was like, you know, I just came off of competing at Continental, Continental September, Universes in October. So this is right around the corner. And I was right. like, well, let me, oh, you know, wow. di- yeah, let me digress and give this some thoughts. So really, I had like a month to get it together. And wow. actually, granted, I, I mean, I was able to pull it off because the only thing that I was necessarily lacking for Black Universe would have been a sportswear. But of course, I don't really like repeating. And that's the one time that repeating actually worked for me, but I'm still against it for my own personal sanity. Mm. I like having new things, but I was able to dig in my wardrobe and dig back deep in my closet to things that they have forgotten and make it work to win. So, And that was one of the things that, you know, it was my shortest preparation to compete, but I still put a lot of driving energy into it because, you know, when I compete for something, I go into it with a mentality that losing is not an option. Right. I mean, I, and you know, we're, we can't win them all, but I think me having that, you know, foundation of feeling that way, it's going to drive me to do everything that I can to, if not win, possibly be in the top three. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And I love the, the, the thing about sort of not repeating 
uh, repeating like what? So you never repeated like a gown or or anything like that? In most cases, no. That's wow. the only competition that I can. Well, no, I take that back. That's the only competition that I um, repeated a gown. And I repeated mm. that same gown three times and one each time. But that's only because Lucky. it was a gown. <laughs> My my rhinestone um, ball gown. Wow! I wore that um, the year at Continental. Erica Erica Andrews won, and I didn't wear it again. I wore it for Black Universe when I won, and I wore it preliminary night for National Entertainment of the Year when I won, and only because it's one of those. Hey, I paid almost forty thousand dollars for the dress. So I'm going to get some type of use out of it, and yes. it's the iconic dress that you mm-hmm. can you you will never forget it. So. I, I hate to be that girl to talk about um, finance or coin, but is, is, is it safe to say that you've probably made and made and won over a million dollars in pageants? I feel like you've kept the pageant system going single, single gownedly. Yeah, it's funny that you said that. I said that the other day. If I look at my career investments, it's well over a million dollars. Wow. We will be right back after this break with more Miss Black Universe chats with these divas. Oh, and we're back. I'm excited to hear more from this court of Miss Black Universes. Girls, girls, get in line. Gown's about to start. <laughs> Here is Tamisha Iman. What did the first time going out as a drag queen feel like instead of as a male entertainer? Like, did you have a, did you get to wear a lash? Girl. And you were just like, you were living <laughs> yeah. that point? Oh, no. I. It was the hardest thing. Keep in mind, had never put on heels before. Oh. I could deal with, uh. because to me, when I was in high school, I went to school performing arts. So theater was... Like, I like acting. That was my thing. So mm-hmm. Tamisha was a performance. The biggest hurdle of the performance was walking in heels. Like, mm. I didn't really practice before the pageant. <laughs> and I was pretty much mimicking my drag mother, how she walked. And it was enough for the crowd to go up. But that was the hardest challenge. It wasn't, I did. I never felt like, like I'm girly. I'm not girly. Like, most people are just naturally girly. That's not me. So everything that Tamisha was doing at the time was an act. I was playing girly. You know what I'm saying? I was trying to be feminine. And it worked because I was pretty. I'm going to pat my stuff on the back. I was cute at the time. <laughs> but could not walk in heels, baby. I, that was the hardest thing. First performance, somebody had to walk me to the center of the stage. <laughs> I couldn't move. Pro- then had to prop up. <laughs> oh, prop up and then come get me. It was hard. Uh-huh. That's called a parking mark, bitch. You did that. <laughs> Where does your inspiration come from for for like your for like your talent numbers? Because you always are putting on such a show stopping production where what's your like inspiration process for like getting ready for that? I think my inspiration process is honestly, I, you know, I've always contributed to the art. So, you know, I have in my mind, whenever I'm producing a a talent, I really don't think drag patentry. I think Tony Awards. I think the uh, Broadway productions. I mean, Mm -hmm. because I, as a child, I was always stimulated by those things. And I think that for me, if I'm going to, you know, put forth a production, I want it to be Broadway worthy and I want it to be Tony Awards worthy. And I think that's my mentality. I never really think for I'm doing something for a drag pageant. I'm thinking very theatrical and stage oriented at all times. Here is Giselle Barbie Royale. Was it Raquel Lord who beat you for the title, but you believe that you should have won? Oh, yes. Do you absolutely. care to elaborate on that? Because that's the kind of shit I, that really intrigues well, me. Well, I mean, I mean, well, first of all, I was I, I was the, the new girl on the block. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was, what, 20, 21. And, you know, I'm going up against this veteran. Right. Someone that has been had been doing it, you know, you know, for such a long time. And, you know, very, she's a, everyone that knows her. She's one of the best entertainers in the country. Very polished. 
and uh, very well put together. And on that night, I felt like I, I did enough. I felt like I, yeah, I felt like I did enough. And I felt like, I felt like because I was young and they knew that I would come back and compete again, mm. I was given first run up. That's just my theory. And I can say that now because like I've won, she won. Right. You know, I, and I, I look, I went the next year and I wasn't anywhere. I wasn't as good as I was the year before. Nowhere mm. near as good as I was the year before. I didn't deserve to win at all. Then I went a third year, you know, and I was upset at the outcome. And then I went a fourth year and I really was upset the fourth year because I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I, I was beat the fourth year. I was beat by somebody I didn't even know. Mm. This person came uh-huh. out of nowhere. Uh, her name is April Chanel. You know, she came out of nowhere. I didn't know who she was. And the next thing you know, they were putting a crown on her. And <laughs> you were pissed. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, but but we know who she is now. But right. um, yeah. So yeah, that's that was why I just felt like because she was the veteran of the pageant, I felt like that she had a a a, a heads up on me or, or or some type of leverage over me because of that. Yeah, and I feel like that happens uh, a lot of times. It does. It's like it, some. It does. Somebody shows up and is really amazing and new at 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 doing pageants, and the pageant people are like, "Well, we well she'll come back next time and she'll do even better." So, or or this person, this veteran person, is not going to come back, you know, right? Or they may this may be their last pageant, you know, before they retire. Or we really want this person, so we don't know if she doesn't win if she's going to get mad and not come back. Right. You know, it, there I have seen situations like that where people just kind of get get certain people out of the way. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I've, I've seen that happen in pageantry. Trust me. I've seen a lot happen. Yeah. But I like but I I, I jokingly say that when I, I speak about the Raquel uh Duval situation, I've always been vocal about that. I, my stance has never changed on yeah. how I feel about it, but I'm not not bitter about it at all. I just love being able, I just love saying it. I feel like I won. <laughs> exactly. I like I won. Even if I didn't, I still felt like I won. In my heart, I feel like I won that night. We thank the dolls so much for giving us their time. We love all these queens we worship. And we will be right back after this. So Art Knowledge there isn't any sort of full-length documentary about Miss Black Universe, but there are tons of clips on YouTube. We encourage you to watch them. These girls know how to party. The Pageant Pod playlist that's on the Forever Dog YouTube channel has some really, really great clips. And uh, we have a few clips here that we want to discuss right now. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Show us, what, show us what it is. Is this Tamisha Iman's winning talent from 2000? Yes, it is. Tamisha Iman in the year 2000, turn of the century. Yes. Wow. Well, she's got dancers, so she'll be getting more than seven points. Jennifer Holiday? Mmm. She's got a black gown, but it has like white long sleeves and like a white sash and like a white head wrap. Oh, I thought that was lime. Or is that green light on her? It could be white. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it was just the lighting. I think it is green. Wow. The detailing is citron. The detailing is limon. (laughs) And all of these backup dancers are men. They're all taller than her. Yeah, they're taller than her. It's not a twink sister (laughs) who's just like doing this as a favor. These are men, honey. (laughs) Oh, I love this garment. I love the color, the color combination. <laughs> She's so precise. 
there's is a something turban happening? Come off. The turban comes off. There's a hair reveal. Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm not ready for this. Oh I'm not prepared. She's you taking didn't, her you didn't time think she had a wig it. under that mound of fabric? She's taking her time with it. Oh, oh! It's black hair with green tips! It's black hair with green tips! The dancers have all changed into green leotards! Oh, yeah. Drama. Wait, not a, the garment's not a one's changing. in a dance belt either. Thank the Lord. Oh! She's, she's taking off the green sleeves to reveal, I think, fringe. Fringe. It's fringe, honey. That's for me. That's fringe. And the skirt is coming down as well, and she's got boots. And she's getting she's getting the leotard leg off her boot by side twerking. And yeah, (laughs) so good. I'm gonna use that next time my pants are caught. (laughs) This is amazing, girl. (laughs) Everybody got the surf, 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 surf. Yes. Yes. If you're not doing this song, are you even doing drag? We should compare Shangela's strength to this strength. <laughs> we'll do a watch along. Netflix, oh Netflix queens, watch this. Two girls doing the same number. I like have tingles. I'm like, she's really so electrifying as a performer. She took off that clothing so well. She did. She that took was off one the of clothing, the best right. reveals. So good. She took and off the clothing. She scooched down that gown and did a little, did a side twerk while spinning as she took it down. Oh, that Thank was you, Dimitri Ron. Damn. Oh, Miss Black Universe 98 evening gown category. Oh, yep. I love this. This is the absolute best thing to watch on YouTube. It's just a good old uh, pageant gown category. Strut and stunt, ladies. Absolutely. That dress is encrusted. Can Raquel Lord. Oh, wow. Raquel Lord. In a salmon gown. Be- absolutely beautiful, head to toe. The slow spin we love. Perfection. Absolutely stunning. Ooh. Dominique. This is a very possible piece. This is a very cosmopolitan piece. <laughs> yes, it is. I would say so. That's my new intro. <laughs> You're a native New Yorker. Elegance at its best. Nicole E. Dupree. Yes, wow. Nicole. Beautiful. Is that like a houndstooth moment? It's like um, a pattern, like a star, uh, like a star brocade. Oh, pattern. that bow! And that a huge. Big, bow. I love that bow. You know, I, I'm a sucker for a bow. Bringing drama. A, a little surprise for when you turn away, you know. She's the one named Diva Marissa. I love this. The ga- it's gold. Gold and black, and the fabric sort of flips as it goes down. Oh, my gosh. And the the necklace jewels. Oh, the dingle bops on the back, too. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Wow. Okay, this next one is crazy. We don't see the beginning of it, but it's Tamisha. She steps out from behind the cover-up, which someone is holding, and then she slaps her hands, and they carry it away. But you never see them. You just see the cover-up moving like an orco yes. from He-Man. And her and gown is can... gorgeous. It's black it's... and white. Yes. She's painted. You can hear the room the screaming. The levitating. And she's letting them clap for her. Oh, their... the back. Oh, of my the, God. The this sort of cross, cross bands. Crisscross bands representing she's a prisoner of the night. Absolutely. Very Absolutely restless Mahoney. stunning. I love the clapping of the hands to to tell the the cover up person operator get you're done get out of here and if you are seen we are deducting you must hide behind that cover up I don't want them to see an inch of you why is no one ready uh, let's watch Trinity K. Bonet's talent 2011 Miss Black Universe and oh my gosh I'm so ready. <sighs> But it's production. 
Oh my god. We, you know, I. She's always been Beyonce. She's always been a Beyonce impersonatrix, and really the finest. She's got how many backup dancers? Eight, six. six. Oh. She's giving uh, Beyonce era. What era was this? What album was this? Oh, it was called Four. Yes. Honey, she's got... Oh, that's a fan. I was wondering, I was like, what's in the middle that's like a weird crown shape? It's a fan and like a backdrop to hide the fan. Yes. Because you really can't do Beyonce without the wind. It really takes it there. It helps to harness the elements. Absolutely. She looks absolutely sensational. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. And, I mean, we all witnessed on All Stars Trinity slaying uh, the Beyonce Super Bowl illusion and performance. But, I mean, this is nothing new with Trinity K. Bonet. She has been been embodying Beyonce for a very long time. She also embodies Whitney Houston better than anyone I I think I've ever seen do it. So she's really... um, She's really skilled at, like, grabbing someone's essence and, like, bringing it forth. I love that. Um, I also love Giselle Barbie Royale. Her talent, He Loves Me, the CeCe Pennington. Um, so this was Giselle Barbie Royale's give up uh, after Continental. Uh, and uh, so that's really a moment where you just get to just let loose and... Enjoy the moment. Bitch, can I tell it's, you, I I put this on Beatdown and her Venmo below. She said she made $550 in tips. That's <laughs> sickening. In yeah, like two she, days. Said, she, told, she mentioned that. She was like, yes, bitch. And I was like, oh, keep bouncing. <laughs> She's absolutely stunning. Oh, so beautiful. Uh, yeah. Gorge. Just picking cabbage. Yeah. But giving, but giving everybody attention. Yes. And the whole room is still loving. It helps having the lights too. Oh, absolutely. He's doing the iconic bounce. So good. I bet the room was just losing their minds. So is that under the muscle or over? I don't know, but the muscles are strong. Oh, she's so fierce. She's absolutely breathtaking. What a woman. I want to ask you about your iconic performance of <laughs> He Loves Me Too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when did you like start seeing that this was circulating on the internet? Okay. okay. <laughs> so I want to say this. I, okay. That was my, that, that performance was in 2017. It was my continental give up. Mm. And how I discovered that song, I was um, in Chicago for a preliminary and I went to the club, Club Hydrate afterwards and an entertainer named Bianca came out and she started performing that song. And I was like, what the fuck song is this? Who sings this? Like, and it was, and it was her interpretation of the song as well that caught my attention. So she gave me the song and I just started to obsess over it. Listen to it. It just became just like my get ready song and do uh-huh. my makeup song. And so when I got to Chicago for my give up, I said, I'm going to do He Loves Me Too. I'm going to do it. And I love the fact that the song was eight minutes and something long. I, <laughs> I, I love, like, I'm a disco girl. Like, I love, like, disco mega 12 inch, 16 inch yes. songs, Donna Summer type. Yes. Go on and on and on. 
And so, um, I, I've never said this, I've never explained this performance, but I went through, I went through a lot of ups and downs as Miss Continental. Mm. Um, and I was so excited to relinquish my title. I've, I've never said this publicly. Uh, so I'm going to try to say this. The, good. So I was so excited to give up the title. I was so ready to get my freedom back. Mm. I was ready to get my voice back. There had been, there, there. I met so many wonderful people and got to travel all over the world as Miss Continental. And that was the most beautiful part about me being Miss Continental. The yeah. beautiful people that I got to meet all over the I got to spend two weeks in Paris. I got to go to, I got to go to Switzerland. I got to, you know, like, it was amazing. I got to go to Hawaii and so many different places around the United States that I had never been. But there was, there are, you know, sometimes, uh, we remember the bad moments more than we remember the good or mm. the bad moments sometimes can impact us more than the good. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. the bad, sometimes the bad can outweigh the good. Yeah. And in that moment, but right before I was about to go out on that stage, everything negative that had came to me throughout that year, I was ready to just release it. Yeah. And when I came out there on that stage and I performed that song, I was releasing all negative energies and negative thoughts and negative things that were said about me and, and different things. There were some things I was sabotaged, you know, mm. as Miss Continental. There were things that people did to try to sabotage my name and try to sabotage my legacy and in that performance i i just kind of i let loose i let yeah. loose. i didn't care what anybody thought and i was just full of energy and it was a release so and for that video to go viral like it did i was like people don't understand what i was really going through in that moment and yeah. sometimes sometimes hurt and pain gives off the the, the best performances that's you know especially yeah. as drag queens as female impersonators as entertainers a lot of times we have to go on the stage when we're not feeling good when right. we've had when we've been hurt uh when we're not when we're down you know we have to still go out there on the stage and give people a performance and put a smile on people's face because that's what we're here for and yeah. um and that was just one of those moments where i persevered and i was able to to turn lemons into lemonade i mean really you're just you're you are glowing you're so joyful you and now yes i love that context you better and, and of course the iconic <laughs> the iconic bouncing yes I, you know that's that's one of my moves that so a, a little a little backstory to this move uh, when I was a little young girl, when I had my little, my little, uh, bee, my little bee sting breast, one of my friends, um, Janelle Bowman, she ha already had her breast implants and everything. And she would do that. She would do um, Nicki Minaj super bass and she would make her breast jump. And so it would just drive us insane. So when I got my breast implants, I was able to do the same thing. And so, of course, I abused it ever since then. Of course. <laughs> I've used it ever since then. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Page Podge this week. Thank you, extinguished panel of listeners. <laughs> I really, I love that. She's known as the equine beauty. We just got her hooked. She has a penchant for carrots and hay, and if you've seen her wigs, you'll know what I mean. She's Miss Seabiscuit 2021. It's Alaska. And with a clean sweep this year, representing the House of Hoverboard, she's your Miss Start My Track again. It's Willem. Yes. My voice is going to stay like that. Ooh. <clears throat> 
We will be back next week with more pageantry, glamour, and a little bit of backstage drama. Absolutely. We're nearing the end of our series, but we have some really fun things planned for the next two episodes. Check out the Podge playlist on Forever Dog's YouTube channel for all the pertinent video clips and references that we're talking about so you could be filled in. It's just a good time over there watching the divas, the gowns, the talents, the presentations, the sportswear. Definitely. And if you have... Exactly. And if you have any pageant-related news, behind-the-scenes stories or tidbits or amazing pageant clips, please send them to us at racechaserpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and good night. Good evening. Forever. Pageant Pod is a forever dog and moguls of media production hosted by Alaska and Willem. Produced by Big Dipper and Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli. Alaska Thunderfuck. Big Dipper. Red Bowen. Joe Cilio. And Alex Ramsey.